Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. joins us every single Monday to help us break down the weekend that was in SEC football and also look ahead to each and every jam-packed slate that awaits our good friend Chris Doring of SEC Network. He once again joins the show. Chris, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. As we just talked off-air, things are starting to heat up as things pick up in conference play. So excited to chat with you and again, grateful for your time and the opportunity to talk with you all about it today. Yeah, good to be back with you, man. It's, uh, it's hard to believe we're, what, close to a, a third of the way done with the season at this point in time. But uh, you're right. Uh, starting to figure out who these teams are. Starting to get a little bit more conference play. Nationally, a ton of great games. And so uh, I, I mentioned it on the show on Saturday night. Like, this would be a great year for the 12-team playoff. I know it starts next year, but uh, I wish we could push it up a year because it seems like there's a lot of really viable teams that uh, would, would be deserving of getting in that thing. Chris, let's look back at the weekend that was. Let's start in Columbia, South Carolina. Obviously, that was the SEC Network primetime game of the weekend, if you will. And a pair of quarterbacks, man, putting on a show. Spencer Rattler keeps up his hot play. Will Rogers bounces back and shows college football once again what he's capable of. You got had a pair of wide receivers, had big games as well as Xavier Leggett continues to make his case for being the best wide receiver, I think, Chris, in the SEC at this point. And, of course, to Lou Griffin on the state side and a couple of defenses that, you know, South Carolina able to get just one more stop, I think, than Mississippi State. But the bottom line is this, Chris, the Gamecocks won a game they had to have in order to reach their goals this season. Let's talk about what you saw from that game at Williams-Brice Stadium on Saturday night. Yeah, you and I talked about it last Monday. We felt like, you know, these teams that are kind of in the middle of the conference, you know, needed to win a, a game like this to, to really put themselves in position to achieve their goals. And in South Carolina, man, the atmosphere was great under the lights, as it always is at Williams-Brice. Uh, but just, you know, I, I think there's a couple things that stood out to me, one of which was I, I, even against air, I don't know how you throw with the kind of accuracy that, that uh, Spencer Rattler's been throwing with. I mean, the completion percentages – we've seen in the nineties and two ball games this year that that's unheard of. And so uh, I think the thing that maybe surprised me the most about the offensive effort for the Gamecocks was being able to run the ball as effectively as they did. Uh, you and I have talked about it this season. They need to take a little pressure off of Spencer Rattler with the ability to, to, to run the football a little bit. You got that. Um, you know, I think the surprising thing for me on the other side, uh, the blueprint was out about how you beat Mississippi state and that's by, stopping the run and forcing them to beat you throwing the football. Uh, it, Will Rogers hadn't looked very comfortable prior to last night or Saturday night, but certainly has, has uh, found his way and, and found a guy to stretch the field in Tulu Griffin. Uh, it was, you know, I, I love the quarterback battles, but as a former wide receiver, 
you know, looking at two guys on each side of the ball that had, you know, catch averages in the 38, you know, the yard per catch range, just ridiculous. So it, it just, I said it on our show, it really felt like a heavyweight matchup where one guy's landing a big shot, the other guy comes back and lands a big shot. Uh, I know uh, Mississippi State lost the game, but I, it really felt to me like it was just a well-played game. And I guess I'm an offensive guy. And so I, I look at it through that lens. And certainly there were some issues in the secondary that uh, both teams had. But uh, I thought it was just a very entertaining game there in, in South Carolina and one that was deserving of being in that primetime role. Yeah, Chris, I think, you know, back to your point about Spencer Rattler, you could make an argument. I, I think it's hard to make an argument not that he's not the best quarterback in the SEC right now. I mean, the way he's playing is locked in as he is. I, I keep waiting, admittedly, Chris, for Spencer Rattler. It's like, okay, right, he's – He's human. He, he's going to have an off night. He's going to have an off game. And he just continues to go out there and not just have good games, but have great games. To your point, I mean, the stats he's putting up, a yeah. lot of quarterbacks can't do that against air. But I, I thought, Chris, too, what it, what it screamed to, and one of the reasons I picked South Carolina in the football game, and, you know, a lot of these middle-of-the-pack SEC teams, I think a lot of those games are going to be decided and determined by do you have home field advantage? Is the game at night? That might be the thing that kind of pushes you yeah. over the edge. And, you know, I talked about this, Chris. It just seems for South Carolina, I'm sure many other teams can, uh, you know, attest to this as well, but it seems like for South Carolina, when they play at night at home under Shane Beamer, it's it's just almost like good things happen and the the football gods sort of smile on them, if you will. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's been a, a home field advantage. Playing under the lights and, and Williams-Brice is something that's special. I remember having the opportunity to play there and, and just, you know, what a, what a unique uh, setting it is. But I, I was thinking about this as I was reviewing the games from Saturday. Seems like the season, man, there's a lot more energy. And, and some of it goes back to COVID, not being able to be in the, in the, the group settings. But I, I feel like there's a, a reversal in the trend of, you know, more people were staying at home, watching it there. I think people like to be out in a crowd again. You know, I think it's been a big boost for season ticket sales. Down in my neck of the woods, Florida was able to sell out the Charlotte game, which, you know, they haven't necessarily had you know, great attendance for non-SEC games or non-big games. But it feels like there is a real uh, home field advantage, like you mentioned. And, and going back to Florida, Tennessee, five false start penalties in the first half. The, the crowd can have an impact. I don't know if you watched the the, the Sunday game between uh, Seattle and, and Carolina. The Panthers go to Seattle and just tons of pre-snap penalties because of the impact that the, the crowd has. So, yeah, I think there's something to that. And, and that's something that I actually talked about on our Monday morning show. But I, I do think that, um, you know, going back and, and just looking at, at Spencer Rattler, I'm, I'm with you. I, I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop. And, and you mentioned that Xavier Leggett might be the best receiver in the conference. Ironically, I thought it was Juice Wells was one of the two, along with Malik Neighbors heading into the season that would have that title. Uh, but Xavier Leggett coming out of nowhere. I, honestly, I didn't even know he had the speed he had on the, on the catch. He, he caught the shallow cross and turned it upfield. Man, he, he left those dudes in, in the dust. And I had no idea. He had that kind of speed. I've seen him make the high point catches, but I hadn't seen him turn the juice on like that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Now, Chris, as we move to the game that started things on Saturday on the SEC Network, Texas A&M and Auburn, the Aggies get a big win over Hugh Freeze's squad, 27-10. Obviously, Auburn was one of the sexy picks, I think, Chris, in regards to an upset pick. You know, A&M, that tough loss to Miami early in the year. You get Hugh Freeze with nothing to lose. But, you know, A&M thwarted that very quickly, especially coming out of the second half, scored 14 points in that third quarter. What did you see that you liked from the Aggies? Also overcame their starting quarterback, Connor Wegman, going out yeah. with injury. Max Johnson comes in. He was brilliant in that football game. And obviously what a luxury it is to have a guy like that as your backup. But Auburn's offensive struggles continue. But Texas A&M at Kyle Field got a big win they had to have, at least for Jimbo Fisher and company. You know, let's start with the losing side real quick. I think anybody that picked Auburn to, to be a sexy pick in that game probably doesn't really know what's going on because uh, Hugh Freeze himself has been frustrated with his offense, with his quarterbacks, with his wide receivers. The one place that, that Texas A&M's secondary or defense has been vulnerable the most is in the secondary. I just didn't think they had the passing game to be able to take advantage of that that part of the, the defense. Um, rotating through three quarterbacks will show you the frustration that he has right now. Peyton Thorne holding on to the ball far too long. And Robbie Ashford not able to get anything going. Holden Gurner comes in late, just – None of them really do anything. The offense doesn't get in even into the red zone. That's how uh, futile the, the offensive uh, effort was. But um, I, I'll say this, though. I saw some things I liked from Texas A&M as it related to their uh, pass rush. They, they were able to create more pass rush than they did against Miami. That certainly will help out the secondary. Uh, but I also love, you know, you, you wonder, why would you go get a guy like Max Johnson, who's a, a starter in this league at LSU, you, you bring him in exactly for that reason. One, you you, you you have a competition in the preseason. You push Connor Wegman. But two, it's tough to go wire to wire as a starting quarterback. And when you have a guy that can come in like that, deliver on the first two drives of the second half, um, lead the team when they got the defensive effort going, it was all she wrote right there. You put those, those two touchdowns on the board and then just kind of put it in cruise control and play great defense from there. So uh, impressed with Texas A&M. 
it's a weird year. You know, I was kind of high on him in the preseason. I got off of him after Miami, but I'm starting to believe a little bit more in him based upon, you know, what I've seen in terms of the improvement so far and what the offense has done under Bobby Petrino. Chris, let's move to Tuscaloosa and talk Alabama. They got the big 24-10 to 10 win, a first half that was sort of a bit of comedy of errors, if you will. What, 7-6? I think Alabama had nearly double-digit zero or negative yardage plays, kept shooting themselves in the foot, but defensively kept making the big play and, of course, pulled away in that second half. And, you know, again, Ole Miss was a team. A lot of betters out there were taking the plus seven, taking the Rebels' money line. The questions of can Lane Kiffin win the big game? This was Ole Miss's best chance, and Alabama absolutely answered the bell with Jalen Milrow at quarterback. What did you see from the Crimson Tide that you like so much, and where does this leave Ole Miss, a team that I think a lot of folks were high on? Maybe they could be a, a challenger in the in the West or the third-best team in the SEC. And, you know, now I think the question is, can Lane Kiffin ever win that big game? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I made the, the, the statement on Friday morning on our show, like, if not now, win for the Rebels. I mean, everything seemed like it was pointing to – having the, the best opportunity for them to go into Tuscaloosa and win that ball game, a place that they'd only won twice in the history of the rivalry. Uh, the game started favorably for them. They were able to, to get some stops. They were able to, to get a touchdown there in the first quarter. But it goes back to, to just too many wasted opportunities. You know, you don't go into to Tuscaloosa and win without taking advantage of the, the scoring chances you have. And, and I'll say this about Ole Miss. Um, they, they really struggle uh, a couple different places. The offensive line, they're not able to really get any – uh, running room. I feel bad for Quinshawn Judkins after the season he had last year. There's nowhere to run, really. Uh, and certainly without Trey Harris at 100%, uh, Franklin, you're hoping to get something out of him here soon. But those guys, you got to have somebody that can stretch the field. They had very little explosiveness in the past in the passing game. Uh, I give Jackson Dart a lot of credit. He took an absolute beating in that game, but uh, just couldn't take advantage of the opportunities that were there. Uh, he missed a couple throws that probably could have benefited them. But at the end of the day, I think the story is about Alabama and, um, you know, it's a very different Alabama team than, than what I have gotten used to. We'd all gotten used to. But I did see a sense of urgency from them that I hadn't seen before. The defense was absolutely lights out. When you're able to, to rush for and get pressure, when you're able to, to, to play coverage the way they did, keep everything underneath, makes it very difficult on an opposing offense. And I think on the other side of the ball, you finally saw the offensive line playing a little bit better they decided they were going to run the ball which I think they should really primarily try to uh, create that as the the focal point of their offense use Jalen Milrow in the in the quarterback run stuff uh, but they did impose their will up front they rushed for over 100 yards in the second half after only rushing for one yard per carry in the first half and uh, I think they they found a way to gut a game out which we don't typically say for for Alabama but they got the victory and I guess it just leaves me thinking like uh, for Lane Kiffin it, it does it feel like Ole Miss right there hits the ceiling and, and can't can't quite get through so I, I just I don't know it, it seemed like the the better players were on the side of the, the Alabama Crimson Tide and and I don't know if they'll ever be able to um, make it equal in a ball game where the rosters are are, are kind of head-to-head in the tail of the tape. Chris are we past the days of style points in regards to the SEC right because like I'm looking at LSU for example and I mean, man, that that was one of the best games of the day right there. They gut out a 34 to 31 win over Arkansas. I took admittedly the Hogs plus 17 and a half, thought with the the rivalry game side of things. Yeah. The game always seems to be kind of weird, right? That series. But like you look at that game and you say, okay, well, what is LSU? But then I'm like, there's no such thing as a bad win in the SEC. Even if it's at home, you know, you got the KJ Jefferson factor, obviously, without Rocket Sanders, they almost take down LSU. 
What's your thoughts on the Bayou Bengals? Do you look at it the same way, or do you look at them as sort of a flawed team that, you know, found a way to get by and escape? Yeah, I'll say I agree with you. You know, winning winning a game is, is difficult. Actually, Billy Napier said that in the post game after the Charlotte game. Oh, it was a lackluster game, as you kind of said, 22-17. Uh, but he said, hey, it's hard to win. And then walking out of an SEC venue with a win is 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 the, the, the real goal. That's what you practice for all week long. I mean, you know, the days of, you know, our Florida teams back in the day beating people by 40 and, and watching what, you know, Alabama's done, LSU did in 2019. Like, right now there's so much parity. I think you just got to be happy with being able to get out with a win. And that's what you got. It was a, it was a tough first half. I thought the key to that ball game was that last drive where they get the long – uh, touchdown to Brian Thomas to kind of change the momentum a little bit. I thought the, the Arkansas defense was better than I expected it to be. Um, but in, in the second half, they kind of kept that momentum out of the locker room, scored on every possession in the in the second half. And, and that, too, it was very similar to the Mississippi State-South Carolina game in that it was a heavyweight battle back and forth, two great quarterbacks. And I think I undervalued K.J. Jefferson at times. I was frustrated with his interception last week against BYU that led to the the upset victory by the uh, the BYU folks, but um, I, I do think the um, at the end of the day, you know, the, the the LSU Tigers are a very good football team. Uh, Jaden Daniels is a Heisman Trophy candidate. He can do it with his arms. He can certainly do it with his legs. But I, I saw something about the uh, the resiliency of the Hogs too, man. And I, I I love Sam Pittman. He's such a easy guy to root for. Uh, but they they fought really hard as well. And and I know it ends up as a, a loss in the uh, win loss record, but uh, felt like two two teams played really, really well against one another. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol, and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code Spurs up for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code Spurs up, SP or SUP, for $20 off your first purchase. Game time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps. And you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it. Whatever the event is, buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And game time 
is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Chris, before we move into week five, I'll ask you this. Kentucky and Missouri. Both teams are 4-0. and It seems as if neither is getting talked about. Which one of those teams should we be paying attention to most in regards to being a real factor in the SEC, let's say, East race this year? Yeah, I think the resume of, of Missouri is probably better with that, that top 25 victory over K-State last week. Um, it's, it's for me, and Chris, you, you know, I've talked about this from the beginning of the season, like, Kentucky has been the team that I've been really high on in the East. I have them second behind Georgia. Um, but I, I feel unfulfilled. And I feel like I come on here and say the same things with you every Monday. But I, I feel like you see some throws that Devin Leary makes and you're like, wow, let's get that more often. And then he's overthrowing uh, over routes and he's short hopping other, other throws. Like it, the consistency just hasn't been there. And the consistency in general for the offense hadn't been there. The defense was, was really good for uh, a lot of the game. Um, Maxwell Harrison gets the two pick sixes, which uh, helped contribute to the point total. Uh, the the pass rush was was really good on H S one on Saturday. Uh, but at the end of the day, I guess you look at it this way for Kentucky. I think they have more upside probably than what um, Missouri does. But you can say, hey, they're four and zero, and they haven't put it all together yet. Imagine if they do put four quarters of play together, or you can look at it as, hey, they they've escaped with an easier schedule through those four weeks. Uh, haven't been able to put it together. I'm not sure they will be able to put it together. I, I, I choose to believe that they can and will. I have a lot of respect for Coach Stoops and for, for Liam Cohen and, and, and Brad White, the defensive coordinator. But um, I, they got to start playing four quarters. They started fast, which they haven't done in the three previous games. But then they, they took the foot off the, the pedal a little bit, let Vanderbilt back into the game. And um, that'll, that'll haunt them against teams that are, that are better than the Commodores are. And on that note, Chris, we move into week five, and Kentucky will get a chance to prove you and arguably me right as well because I was high on Kentucky also. But yeah. they've got the Florida Gators in Lexington, a noon kickoff. Uh, again, Billy Napier squad comes to count. This is like another swing game, Chris, that you know we yeah. talk about if Billy Napier can steal this one, get this one, Oh, how it changes things in this 2023 season for them. But like you mentioned, Kentucky will get that opportunity. What are you most excited to see from this matchup? Because, again, it's a pair of teams that obviously desperately need this W. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, Florida's the number 22-ranked team. Kentucky at 4-0, not ranked in the top 25. But, um, you know, I, I think you, you look at it. Ironically, you know, uh, it's Kentucky with the little mini win streak. They got a chance to win. Th- I read this earlier, Chris. They, they got a chance to win three in a row in this series for the first time since the 40s when, when Bear Bryant was the coach. Uh, so we know the history of the – or lack thereof, the success that – Kentucky's had against Florida I do think going back to one of your earlier points it's a disadvantage for them that this game got scheduled by ESPN at noon uh typically played under the lights and I know that uh a lot of people probably sleep on the 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 football fans in Lexington but they have a real uh passionate group that comes out creates a home field advantage for them um right now you know I, I was taking probably Kentucky earlier in the in the preseason but with the way Florida's come on, with the way their defense, number one ranked in total defense in the conference uh, right now, and the inconsistency that Kentucky has, you know, it makes me think twice about it. So I think it's going to be a really great game. As you mentioned, uh, the, the East and that, that jumbled up 
uh, section between where George is and where Vanderbilt is. A lot of teams in there that are they're vying to kind of pull their way out of the crab pot. And uh, this game will go a long way for, for the winner that uh, can kind of separate themselves here. Chris, it's no secret what you and Steve Spurrier's Gators did to the Wildcats when you played. What would you have thought if I told you back then that Florida-Kentucky was going to be considered a quote-unquote rivalry at this point? Yeah, it, it, it definitely didn't seem like it when we won 30-something in a row or whatever it was. But, um, you know, Coach Stoops has certainly changed the tide of that uh, series. And, and you know, going back to last offseason, we start talking about, you know, losing divisions and what the schedule is going to look like. Like, Florida has a lot of rivals. You know, Georgia's obviously a, a big rival out of conference. Florida State is. But Tennessee's a big rival within the, this conference. LSU's a big rival. But I would say Kentucky's right there, too. I mean, and I think a lot of it has to do with the success that the Wildcats have had here recently, especially winning three of the last five against the Gators. So um, it is a series that I'd like to see. It's obviously special to my heart with my success that I had in that game in, in, in Lexington in 1993. But um, it, it, these, these series are more fun when it's back and forth. That Maybe not more fun for me as a Gator, but, you know, in terms of, of the, the dynamics and the the, the excitement from both sides, it's more fun when you get a little bit of balance with teams winning on each side of it. Now, Chris, speaking of fun, it's going to be a lot of fun Saturday night in Knoxville as the Gamecocks go to Tennessee. Obviously, the storylines write themselves with this one, Chris. When you look at 63-38 to 38 last year and Willie B, the Gamecocks, of course, ending Tennessee's college football playoff hopes. Uh, Josh Heupel and company have revenge on the mind. The over-under in this one, Chris, came out 61-and-a-half. I love the over. I mean, my goodness, you've got Spencer Rattler on the Gamecock side. You've got Josh, Josh Heupel, that offensive attack. I, I know Joe Milton hasn't been great. They're still kind of figuring things out. It's it's funny, Chris. I was looking at social media just before this, and you've got Tennessee fans saying, take South Carolina. You've got South Carolina fans saying, take Tennessee because how the defenses have looked, and each team has their own issues. With all that being said, when the dust settles and, and just your overall outlook on this game, because, again, it's a fascinating game. And like we talked about, where you play, time of day matters. It is going to be a hostile environment, to say the least, because, of course, again, Tennessee fans have had this one circled all offseason long. Yeah, obviously, revenge on the mind of the Tennessee fans and I'm sure the the players as well after what they missed out on last year and hurting Hendon Hooker in that ball game as well. But I, um, you know, I, I think it goes back to – just execution, you know, as I, I look at, at Tennessee, I have not been impressed at all on the uh, the lines of scrimmage. I mean, they, they ran the ball obviously better against uh, their opponent that they played on, on, on Saturday. But, um, you know, I, I, going back to what Florida did, Florida did a great job of, of tackling in space. They did a great job of controlling the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. I think that's what you got to do. I mean, Clayton White uh, can go back and look at that tape that, that Florida utilized and, and can try to uh, mirror a lot of that. And you have a great plan in place, but if you don't execute it, it doesn't really make much of a difference there. So um, Joe Milton's kind of doing what they've asked him to do. He, he hasn't necessarily had the explosive pass plays that that offenses uh, in the last couple of years with Hinton Hooker have had. But um, I did feel like it was an important game to kind of get back on track after that Florida loss. Uh, they start fast with the, the long touchdown uh, on the opening play of the game. Uh, they're able to run the ball for a lot. The, the, uh, the, the passing efficiency of, of Milton in that first half uh, was really high. They kind of lost focus in the third quarter before closing things out in the fourth quarter. But, you know, I, I think it's going to be all about what South Carolina can do to uh, disrupt the, a little bit of that rhythm of their offense. That's, 
when, when their offense gets going, when they get the tempo going, it, it creates challenges in terms of getting lined up. It creates challenges in terms of not being able to disguise much. It, it's challenging with not being able to, to substitute. So you've got to, you've got to be disruptive. You got to be able to, uh, to win on first down, keep them in third and long situations and, and off schedule. So I, uh, I, I, as much as we're talking about offenses here, it really comes down to the defenses on both sides of the ball to me. And, and, uh, you know, both of these defenses have let, left you feeling a little bit uh, empty at times as well. Chris, both defensive coordinators certainly going to have their hands full. We go to the Plains. Auburn hosts Georgia, the first road test for Carson Beck, that offense. I'll simply ask you, is there any chance that Auburn can do the unthinkable and pull the upset? Zero chance. I mean, it, short of short of coming up with a whole new – uh, offense that you know they run the triple option with Robbie Ashford or something that catches Georgia off balance I, I just don't see it you know right now uh quarterback play is not there receiver play as we talked about is not there I was impressed with Auburn's defense uh you know I know statistically they were pretty high in in most categories in the conference I thought there was a little bit of fool's gold based upon who they had played but I, I thought they did a good job against Texas A&M they created some pressure on both quarterbacks um so I, I just think Auburn right now with where the roster is they're outclassed from a talent standpoint um you feel like that offense for Georgia starting to hit a little bit of a uh they're getting a little vibe going here man getting getting their foot footing under them um Carson Beck uh probably should have had closer to 400 yards with the big drop you know on on one of the long throws that he made and and um you know it, it continues to be um challenging to to match up with all the weapons that, that Georgia has so I um I don't expect this. I haven't seen the point spread on it. I don't know if you have or not, but it's a uh, it, it, I would imagine that that Georgia's at least what four four touchdown favorite or more. I would have to imagine so. I have not seen it, Chris. I was about to pull it up actually, but I, I'm going to guess. Yeah, I'm gonna get it up now. I'm going to guess twenty four. So we'll see who's closer. Get this, Georgia fourteen, Chris Dorn. That's all. 14. Yeah, that's it. So wow. That's a, that makes you that makes you wonder. Um, what, surprising. what does Vegas know, right? Yeah, but here's the thing, though. It just feels like Georgia's ready to make a statement. They're 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 getting criticized by a lot of people, including myself, for their schedule. I know they couldn't help the change with the Oklahoma game being taken off the the schedule, but um, right now they just haven't they haven't really shown. You're you're starting to see other teams nationally get a chance to 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 you know show what they're they're worth. Florida State with probably two of the biggest wins of anybody at the top of the, the, the schedule, uh, Ohio state getting one um, this weekend uh, in, in Notre Dame. So um, I, I think this is one where, where, where Georgia says, Hey, we got to start trying to impress and, and flex our muscle a little bit. They started fast. They scored in the first drive, which has been an issue for them. But I just, I don't think that uh, Auburn has the, 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 the horses right now to be able to match up with the Bulldogs. Rivalry game, Chris, you would think Georgia will be as fired up as they've been all season for this one. I'd, I'd agree with you, you know, not to spoil the the prediction or anything, but I, I'm not picking Auburn. I think Georgia will show up and play their best. The best of the rest of the week five slate, Chris, you've got Arkansas, Texas, A&M. Missouri's got a chance. I know it's on the road at Vandy. Take no game for granted, but Missouri can go to 5-0. and They host LSU the following weekend. That might be game day. That'll be a huge game. For the SEC, you got a ranked matchup in Oxford with Ole Miss, LSU, and then Mississippi State hosting Alabama. That game, all of a sudden, with the way Will Rogers played, looks a little bit more interesting. But what jumps out to you the best of the rest in the SEC slate this weekend? 
I think it's uh, Ole Miss hosting LSU. And uh, even though Ole Miss was disappointed with their performance against Alabama, you know, I think they felt good about some of the defensive play uh, from, from, from that side of the ball. Um, you know, if they can get Trey Harris back, he can give you that vertical stretch that you need in the passing game. Uh, LSU certainly has not been a world beater. We've seen times where they've lost a little focus as well. So uh, I know this is a huge rivalry for the folks in, in Oxford, especially being able to host LSU. Uh, it'll be – what, what time is that game, speaking of uh, – we'll oh, it's 5 o'clock. Yeah, 6 five o'clock Eastern, Central. 5 Central, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I talked to somebody there. They're, they're excited about the, the game time there. So, um, you know, I, I think this is a dangerous spot for LSU coming off of what they've had the, the last couple of weeks and, and um, you know, being able to to have to, to go into Oxford. I think this is one where, where LSU needs to be on upset alert for real. Chris, last thing before I get you out of here, going to appreciate you taking the time and being so gracious with your time. Yeah. I could ask you this on a weekly basis, and I'm not going to do so because obviously it just – it would be a ridiculous question to repeat over and over. But right now, if you had to put your money on it, Georgia, I think we're – you know, we're going to say Georgia, LSU, top two teams in the SEC. I, I think that's fair. Right now, who would you put your money on to finish as the third best team in the SEC? Would you go Alabama or – somebody else because again it's it's just it seems so wide open right now i i keep saying i don't recall the year in which it was this wide open yeah it does doesn't it i mean um and and you can make an argument that maybe lsu isn't that second best team but i I would probably go with you that those are the two teams i picked in the preseason to make it to atlanta i'll stick with that prediction now um golly texas a&m looked good against auburn and and uh now with you know, I don't. I doubt. I don't know what the status of Connor Wegman is, but it's uh, what a luxury it is to have Max Johnson there. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of people saying Florida may have a little bit of juice now all of a sudden, but I, it's hard not to not to say Alabama's going to find a way to figure things out. It hasn't been pretty to this point in time. Uh, even the victory against uh, Ole Miss wasn't necessarily aesthetically pleasing, but uh, that their their defense, particularly their front seven, is dominant. I think they'll continue to figure out their their offensive identity. So I, I I'm reluctantly putting Alabama in that third spot. I think going to be a lot of fun to see how it plays out again. A jam packed Week Five slate, tons of great conference games. Can't wait to watch it unfold. Chris Doring of SEC Network. He'll be covering all the action for those guys all throughout the weekend and beyond. Chris, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, man. Talk to you next week. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. 
My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.